like that. You want to try that? Oh man, I bet you were not expecting this to come out. We have not recorded. Oh, before we get started, uh, hi, uh, this is Logan Blackman, host of the Logan Blackman Show, and welcome to this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show here on the Cedar Falls Podcast. And geez, uh, it's been a while. Let's just put it, let's just say it like it is. It has been a while since we have recorded a show. The last show we recorded was on September 1st. September 1st was the last show the Logan Blackman has recorded. That's ridiculous. And I just feel like today would be a nice random episode. There's no announcing this episode. I just randomly decided, hey, let's record an episode of the Logan Blackman show today because... We had something on Instagram yesterday, which if you don't follow the Logan Blackman Show on social media, go follow the Instagram account at the Logan Blackman Show on Instagram. But there's the thing I'm talking about for Instagram I posted on my actual account, which is Blackman Logan or Logan Blackman. It's one word. Just search uh, uh, Logan, I think. Well, that's not good enough. Logan Blackman. And then on Twitter, go follow the show at the LB at the underscore LB underscore show. I haven't said these things in a while. Again, I haven't done a show since September 1st. It's ridiculous. But go follow the show on Twitter. Uh, go follow my personal Twitter account, Logan underscore Blackman. Go follow the Spotify and Apple podcast accounts, which is where this show will be going. And also, if you haven't, go cop yourself some Logan Blackman show merchandise. We got a lot of good stuff on there. One of the things I posted on Instagram yesterday was of my awesome Logan Blackman show jacket and my totally real body underneath it. I have worked out a lot since coming back up to Cedar Falls, just to put it lightly. And, <laughs> man, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. And for Let's just do a little update on what the Logan Blackman show has been doing, or Logan Blackman, host of the Logan Blackman show, has been doing since our last show on September 1st. Okay, so here we go. So, since then, we have seen the start of the football season, college and pro, baseball postseason, uh, MLS has been going on, we've seen the beginning of the Premier League, all the leagues in Europe again, or maybe we had a, did we, did we do a show when the Premier League was going? I think so. I, it's, again, it's been so freaking long, it's been over a month since the last show we did. It's ridiculous. Um... Yeah, it's just been hard to find, not hard to find recording time, just hard to find motivation recorders because I'm one of those weird people that if I know other people can hear me when I'm recording something, then it messes with my brain and I can't like, oh my God, I can't get over it. Then I start going, uh, um, uh, 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 and then don't really get to the main point. If I hear like a creak, I'll stop, get all nervous because I go like, oh, I don't want people to hear me. That's why I kind of liked recording at home. At home, I mean by in Urbandale. Because I was in my basement. I was in the, uh, what do you call it? The office, I guess you could, I guess it's an office. It used to be the office, but I don't know if it's, you can really call it that <laughs> anymore. Uh, but yeah, that's where I would record my show. And it was in the house. People could still hear me. But if anybody came downstairs, it was in my own room. Now here in Cedar Falls, we're all on the same level here. We have three bedrooms, a living room, and a bathroom and a basement and a kitchen. You can hear me wherever you are. So if I heard a door open, it would throw me off completely. So that's been my main reason for not recording a show. And also just because I haven't been motivated to record a show, which is not great. But that's the truth. I've wanted to, but then like, ah, I don't, I, gotta, I should do other things instead. But now, Thursday, which is when we're recording, this will be released on a Friday, I have a free time to record a show right now. And as we speak right now, it is 9.16 on this, geez, this Thursday night here in Cedar Falls. I have got the Chicago Bears versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on right now, 10.16 left in the third quarter. It is 14-13 in favor of Big Dick Nick and the Chicago Bears. So congratulations to those guys and having a 14-13 lead. These two teams are teams that, I don't know, are a weird 3-1. and 
Well, you know, there's the odd four. There's the you use every year. There's usually that one team or one or two teams. It's like, man, how are they this record? I wasn't sold on the Buccaneers like a lot of people were at the start of the season, where a lot of people were going eleven and five. Oh, playoffs. Oh, Super Bowl. I had them just going nine and seven. Their defense isn't anything spectacular. Their rush defense is good, but the rest of their defense is not great. It's pretty not. It's just not good. They have Tom Brady. Yeah, fantastic. But this is forty-three-year-old Tom Brady. This is fresh off retirement Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, you've got Leonard Fournette, awesome, but he's had seasons where he's rushed for like 600, 700 yards before. He's very hit or miss. He's very one-dimensional type running back. Ronald Jones has played actually pretty decent so far to start the season. But that never sold. I was never sold on this team at all. Tom Brady is not the style of quarterback Bruce Arians tends to work with. Tom Brady is not the strong-arm quarterback that can sling all over the field like you saw with a Big Ben or a Carson Palmer when he was in Arizona. Tom Brady's 43 and has never had the strongest arm in the world. I, Tom Brady will admit that. But Tom Brady's a winner, so he'll bring that winning mentality. I don't think what they added to a lot of people who were saying, oh, this is an 11-win, 12-win team, they won seven games last year. Did they really do enough to make this team a five, six wins better than they were the year before? No, I don't think so. I think they're two wins better. If you said this like five years ago, you're getting Brady, Shady, Rob Gronkowski, and then Leonard Fournette when he's in college, you'd be like, oh man, this team is that that's a great team. That's a team you want that team's gonna win the Super Bowl. But then you've got 43-year-old Brady, who his last throw as a Patriot was a pick six. Which, ironically, the last throw of your last quarterback was also a pick six. And Gronk, who just came off retirement. Shady McToy, who didn't even, he wasn't a route, he didn't, what do you want to say here? Um, he wasn't active for the Super Bowl. They didn't even play him in the Super Bowl. Leonard Fournette had a good season last year, but the year before didn't do anything spectacular. Except get in a fight with Shaq Lawson. And get a beer can thrown at him in Buffalo. I don't, I don't know what was the big hype. Now, this team is 3-1. and one. Okay, we're going to talk about the Bears in a little bit. But the Bucks 3-1, and one, beating the Carolina Panthers, the Los Angeles Chargers, and I'm blanking on the other team they beat. Hold on. This might take a little bit. Let's just talk and see what I can muster up here. Who else did they beat? Saints, Panthers, Broncos, the injured Broncos. To say that. They almost they should have lost to the Chargers. Tom Brady had a little resurgence late in the game. Chargers scored 24 unanswered points. And then pulled the Chargers. And had 24 points answered on them. Unanswered points against them. Typical Chargers stuff, I guess you could say. But Justin Herbert looks good. Just announced today that he's going to be the full-time starter. Feel bad for Tyrod. I have a Tyrod Taylor jersey. Man. Feel bad for... I, I really... I love Tyrod Taylor. But... Even Anthony Lynn, Tyrod's best friend in the coaching world, can see Tyrod is, he's just what he is. He's a more athletic version of Alex Smith. We have said this for a while on the Logan Blackman show. Justin Herbert is not. <laughs> Justin Herbert uh, is 6'6", can move, has an absolute cannon for an arm, is not afraid to push the ball downfield. And that's why he's going to be the starter. He got a lot of hate. For benching and getting rid of Tyrod in Buffalo. But not in Cleveland and not in Los Angeles. No problems with benching or getting rid of Tyrod Taylor. But it's mod Buffalo. Man. Racist Buffalo getting rid of Tyrod Taylor. No? No Bills fan. Or I would shouldn't say no. Did I say all Bills fans or did I say most? I'll say most. Because I'm not going to speak for every Bills fan out there. But most Bills fans... Like Tyrod Taylor. As a person, he's one of the best people outside of the NFL you can get. Like, off the field, he's a great dude. He's not a franchise quarterback. That's why I got put to Cleveland. That's why I got taken to L.A. Now, the way he lost his starting job in Los Angeles is a little unfair to Tyrod, getting his lungs punctured by a doctor. But that's just the way Tyrod Taylor's career is gone. That's how he lost his job in Cleveland, too. Was a concussion. Got hurt against the Jets. Baker Mayfield came in. Baker Mayfield won them the game. Baker Mayfield kept the starting job for the rest of the season. I think it was against the Jets. That was their first win 
was against the Jets. I can't remember if Tyrod started that game or was the game before. And in Buffalo, Buffalo's just like, we know what he is. We don't, we're tired of dealing with this. And he's regressing in Buffalo, as you can see with the stats. 14 touchdowns and four interceptions and 15 starts is fantastic. If you want to be an average team, which the Bills were that year, finished 9-7, and seven, made the playoffs, had one of the worst playoff games I've ever watched playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Absolutely atrocity of a game. Nick Foles just got sacked for those guys. But we weren't, we weren't really going to talk about the Chargers. We were talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Vitavea just got the sack for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Congratulations for him. First-round draft pick a few years ago. I really like Vitavea. Huge guy interior. interior on the interior D-line. Absolute freaking monster on the inside. Unit of the week, maybe. We haven't done unit of the week in a while either. We kind of had like a social media version of unit of the week without actually like, you know, posting a unit of the week. When I think Army guy, a guy for Army scored a touchdown, their fullback, and then Georgia Tech's punter were unit of the week nominees. Vitavea getting a sack against the most mobile quarterback in the NFL, Nick Foles, who almost got sacked again, but it looks like a holding call on the Bears or something. I would imagine, anyways, it came in the area of, of holding. Nick Foles almost got sacked, so. Yeah, let's go to the Bears. We're talking about the Buccaneers. Randomly went on a Chargers rant. Now we'll go to the Bears. Bears are 3-1, and one. much like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who could be considered their southern brethren, haven't played anybody good. <laughs> but, hey, you can only beat the teams that are in front of you. So, credit to the Bears for beating the Lions, Giants, and Falcons. All teams that have a combined one win. There is 17 teams, at least this was last week's stat, 17 teams have scored more points than the Giants and the Jets combined. New Jersey's finest. They suck. The, the Giants suck. The Jets suck. The Lions suck. They have a defensive head coach. And the defense is their worst part of the team. Same with the Falcons. Have a defensive head coach. The Giants at least have the excuse of, oh, first-year head coach used to be a special teams coordinator. First year as a coach, we'll see how he does, and we don't really know about our quarterback, which Logan had warned us about numerous times because he fumbles all the freaking time. Now, I do think they are right by passing on Dwayne Haskins in hindsight. Back in the day when they drafted Daniel Jones, I didn't think they were going to draft Dwayne Haskins. That was obvious when you watched or listened to the rumors that were going around that they weren't going to draft Dwayne Haskins. That was obvious. I did not think... Dwayne Haskins would go after Daniel Jones. I thought the Giants would take Daniel Jones at 17 or trade back into the first round and take him. That was my thought process with Daniel Jones. Giants take him at 6, which is the scenario of you see your guy, go and get your guy so no one else can take him. Eli Manning clone, essentially, just more mobile. He can run. I'm pretty confident DJ is leading the Giants in rushing yards. That could be wrong. That could be wrong, but let's check. I think that is right. Yeah, 137 rushing yards for Daniel Jones. Next closest is Wayne Gallman with 52 yards. Daniel Jones has the second most rush attempts on the team, one behind Saquon Barkley. That's not great if you're a Giants fan, Daniel Jones leading your team in rushing yards. This is like Ryan Fitzpatrick leading the team in rushing last year for the Dolphins. Five interceptions this year for Daniel Jones. Not great. <laughs> um, he's only got one fumble, though, so there's <laughs> progress, I guess, on the 18 he had last year. But yeah, Bears, similar to the Buccaneers, have beaten who is in front of them, except for the two decent teams they have played. Buccaneers case with the New Orleans Saints, Chicago Bears case, the Indianapolis Colts, and one of the most dead offensive performances I've ever seen in a game ever, and that's from the Colts and the Bears. With my beloved Phillip Rivers, quarterbacking the Colts, I don't know necessarily that he is a upgrade on what they had in Jacoby Brissett. I've said this before, at least I think I've said this before. Phillip Rivers last year was awful. He was atrocious last year. Their 20 interception, I think 23 touchdowns. Terrible year for Phillip Rivers. Jacoby Brissett started off the season super hot for the Indianapolis Colts. Beat Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. But then towards the latter portions of the season started to just stagnate and was just bang average for the rest of the season. 
I don't think with getting Phil Rivers, yeah, you get the the experience with Phil Rivers, but is he really at this point in time better than a Jacoby Brissett? I don't know. The defense though for the Colts is legit. That defense is awesome. Offensively, uh, you got good pieces there. The tight end's actually pretty good. I can't remember his name, but Phil, the Giants are not Phil. The Colts, Jonathan Taylor's there, looking pretty decent so far. But yeah, the Bears and Bucks beat the two teams, lost to the two teams that were actually good that they played this year. The Buccaneers, if you look at the teams they have played, as we said, Chargers, Panthers, and Broncos. Broncos have one win, Chargers have one win, Panthers have two against the Chargers and the Cardinals, who I think they beat. They beat them last week, right? They beat the Cardinals. These two teams are just there. I had the Bears going six and ten. I think that's still fair for the Bears. They might go a game up and go like seven and nine, maybe eight and eight. But their offense is just not good. The Bears defense is still pretty good. The offense sucks. The rush offense is better than last year's, but that's not really saying a lot. Cause it's it's like saying, oh man, I beat a two year old in a hundred yard dash. Well, aren't you 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 the person you're racing against did absolutely nothing. The rush offense for the Bears was absolutely non-existent last year. I mean, it's hard not to be better than that. It's like the Dolphins going into this season. Ryan Fitzpatrick led the team in rushing. Now, if you had told me Miles Gaskin would be leading the Dolphins as their number one running back with Jordan Howard and Matt Breida coming in, I would have called you crazy, but that's exactly what we're facing with right now. And I like Brian Flores since we're on the Dolphins right now, but Bears and Bucks. Nothing really too spectacular about them. The strong point for the Bucks is their offense. Strong point for the Bears is their defense. The two weakest spots are going to be meeting up against each other. Two strong points are going to be meeting up against each other. It's going to be like a bend but don't break type of game. <laughs> and Nick Foles for the Bears. If you've listened to me on Cole and Company before with Cole Bear, I'm on there every Monday, Thursday, and Friday, but you can listen to the show every single day of the work week. From 5 to 6 on 1650 The Fan. Go and download the app. Go on the website. Whatever you want to do. Let's go and listen to the show. It's a great show. Cole's a Bears fan. And we've talked about this before on the show. With going to Nick Foles, there is no going back to Mitchell. None. Mitchell is no longer a viable quarterback option for the Chicago Bears. That is done. Nick Foles is the, not the guy, but Mitchell is done. Ryan Pace, after this year will probably be gone. The two things that are tied together in NFL franchises, it's not GMs and corners. It's not GMs and running backs. It's GMs and quarterbacks and how you got said quarterback. When you look at Ryan Pace, getting the trading up one spot, now I get you're afraid that someone else is going to jump you to get to number two because the 49ers were apparently shopping the pick and just bamboozled the Bears and saying, hey, we're getting calls about the number two pick. Never, pro- Probably never did. So the Bears, of course, being the Bears, were like, oh, yeah, we got to take the pick. And then you draft Trubisky, who at the time was seen by a lot of people to be the better option than, say, Patrick Mahomes, which in hindsight is terrible. Because at the time, I was at William Penn. It was 2017. I was at Penn. I hosted, That was when I... First started the Logan Blackman show, and that year was the first year I started doing mock drafts. Was the 2017 NFL draft. That was my first official mock draft year. So we talked about Trubisky a lot on the show because he had a very good year at North Carolina. That's the thing, a year. And it got drafted into a John Fox <laughs> team. John Fox thought the Bears were going to take Jamal Adams. I thought the Bears were going to take Jamal Adams. In my mock draft, I had them taking Jamal Adams. And Ryan Pace said, nope, we're taking a quarterback. Oh, okay. We're going to forget the fact that we just paid Mike Glennon a ton of money to come here. Which I think they realized their mistake when they got Mike Glennon there in the first place. Like, okay, we got to rectify this a little bit. The first quarterback on my personal list was Deshaun Watson. That was my number one quarterback in that draft class. I loved what he did at Clemson. He won a freaking national championship. He was a Heisman finalist. Beat Alabama. Went to multiple national championships. Though he was coming off an ACL injury. 
Deshaun was my guy that draft. And I'll sit here and say this because one of the things I pride myself on is not going off saying, oh, I never said that. Unless you can prove that I said it or I can prove that I didn't say it, which obviously if it's not there, I didn't say it. Or it's on like Twitter or something. Like I've said a lot of dumb things on Twitter and on this show before. Everybody, every sports person has. This one, I said I'd take Trubisky over Mahomes because Mahomes was very erratic, strong arm, but again, very erratic with his throwers. I think he was put in a perfect situation with Alex Smith and Andy Reid there as opposed to Trubisky and John Fox. Now, obviously, talent transcends, as you see with Deshaun Watson trying to carry the Texans out of nothing, the nothingness that they are. Good riddance to Bill O'Brien. You actually screwed that franchise for the next few seasons. Because you could say Texans tank, but then <laughs> their draft picks go to the Dolphins. So they can't tank. But yeah, um, long story short, Trubisky's done in Chicago. Um, where he goes, I don't know. He'll be a backup somewhere. I don't know where he'll go. That's the thing. Maybe he goes to Cleveland to back up Baker Mayfield. The Browns were a team that were really interested in Trubisky being from Chicago or being from the Cleveland area. And we've done this story on the top five dumbest, which we have done, we did during the summer, with the Cleveland Browns having the 12th pick, trading out of the first, trading back, Texas taking Watson, then taking Deshaun Kaiser. But the Browns were one of those teams that I remember looking at wanting Trubisky. It was to be, honestly, it was between Trubisky and Miles Garrett for the number one overall pick, is what the rumors were. Because Trubisky being from Ohio, Miles Garrett being the best overall player in the draft. Now, I'd say it's fair to say the Browns did the right thing by taking Miles Garrett first overall. But they didn't do the smart thing by trading number 12 back and taking Deshaun Kaiser next. That was not great. One of the worst seasons ever. Second 0-16 season in NFL history. One of the worst quarterback seasons ever, which is why he got traded right after that season to Green Bay, I think. And then went to Oakland. He had a quarterback room with <laughs> Deshaun Kaiser and Nathan Peterman. Good lordy. But yeah, with Bears fans, I think it's... And you'll get this all the time on social media and on... And if even the NFL games with let's compare Trubisky to the two quarterbacks the Bears passed on in the first round is Sean Watson and Matt, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Now, we can say this. Pat, the Not drafting Mahomes saved the Bears $500 million. So we can just say it like that. That saved them a lot. Same with drafting Deshaun Watson. That saved them a lot of money as well. <laughs> now you can go in drafting a rookie and being fine there. But man, you're going to, oh, oh, Brady just missed Mike Evans for a walk-in touchdown, essentially. And there's a flag, third and 27, what, defensive holding, probably, on Jalen Johnson, who I really liked coming out of the draft, and he's been absolutely balling out since he's played for the Chicago. It looks like Mike Williams, Mike Evans lost that in the light. I don't know what the call is, though. Tristan Wirfs, another draft pick. Probably rough in the passer, even though he... Yeah. <laughs> they threw the flag, and it hit Khalil Mack right in the dick. They call, they didn't call anything. Brady's pissed. Or he's yelling at the center. Never mind. Jeez, I thought they were actually going to call that. Good Lord. Watching, having this game on, it's kind of hard to focus on what we're trying to talk about here. But again, you're going to get the comparisons. Those three are going to be leaked forever. And then that picture of Trubisky standing next to them in the Pro Bowl is also going to be leaked forever because that shows the irrelevancy of the Pro Bowl. <laughs> Nobody wants to play. NFC guys all opted out. It's the only reason Trubisky got a shot in the Pro Bowl. Mahomes and Watson will be in the Pro Bowl for years to come. One would suspect, unless they're going to Super Bowls, which Watson in Houston is not going to Super Bowl. Sorry, Deshaun, it's just not going to happen. Now, if they want to get out of this draft pick hell they have placed themselves in, they might have their hands tied and have to trade Deshaun. Because Deshaun's going to face a similar fate to that of, well, not to a similar fate of Derek Car David Carr, but getting screwed by this franchise that was run by an inept coach 
We're not even going to get into his GM ways of, of Bill O'Brien. But, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> this That whole draft class is crazy. Now, the Bears sit 3-1 and one with Nick Foles as their starter. What did... Oh, I don't like that. I don't know what that was. I don't... The boys. Oh, God. That was gross. I didn't like that. I have it on mute, but I didn't like what I saw, even when it was... <laughs> I'm not even going to try to describe it. But, um... Where do the Bears do to replace Mitchell? Because Nick Foles is obviously not the franchise guy like Jacksonville thought paying him four years $88 million trading him the next season. Which, looking back at that, was a really dumb trade because or dumb signing because he's one of the best situational quarterbacks in league history. He's not one of the best quarterbacks in league history. Or even one of the best back. He's a great situation guy. And that's why they won the Super Bowl with the Eagles. Eagles had a lot of talent on that team. Now the Eagles are struggling. Maybe it's because they traded got lost Nick Foles. Look how bad Carson Wentz is. Gonna ignore the fact that his receivers can't catch and are getting and just dropping like flies. I don't know what it is in Philly. I don't know what the, what's going on in Philly with the injury bug, whatever. Same in Dallas, but they're just bad. I don't <laughs> I don't know what's going on on there. But where do the Bears go with Mitchell? It's not, he's going to leave after this offseason, you would imagine. He's going to leave after this season. And so I think that's written in stone right now. But who are they replacing him with? This draft class, this upcoming draft class, you have three guys, three quarterbacks that are seen as like locked first-round picks. One of them's Trevor. They're going to be no shot of Trevor Lawrence because the Jets suck absolute dick, and I love it. <laughs> Same with the Giants as well. Trevor's going to go to one of those teams. The Jaguars were the favorite to get that spot. But, you know what? Minshew might actually be good. Maybe invest in some, like, D or O-lineman or something for him. Bengals should go after an O-lineman as well. They got their quarterback, young guy. So, there's three quarterbacks. We obviously know Trevor. Then we got Justin Fields and then Trey Lance. Those are the three top three guys on everybody's draft board, at least from what we can tell at this point in time, sitting here on October 8th, 2020. Lawrence, Fields, Lance. Fields will take the field in two weeks on October 24th, so we'll finally see him. Trevor Lawrence has been playing against not great teams, but that's just the ACC for you outside of Clemson and Notre Dame this year. And then Miami... Looking legit and back. We'll talk about those teams in a little bit. So it's between Justin Fields and Trey Lance for the Chicago Bears. You would imagine. There's no way. <laughs> no way. Trevor Lawrence falls past number one. There is no way that happens. Now it's going to be a run. Like Who goes first? Trey or Justin Fields? Justin Fields plays in the Big Ten. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty standard. <laughs> yeah, you kind of, kind of just speaks for itself, doesn't it? Plays in the Big Ten, one of the second, first or second best conference of college football. Trey Lance plays the Missouri Valley, which in if you're a FBS elitist guy, like oh man, FBS or bust, or you're one of those weirdos that goes, oh man, I would much rather be a bench player on an FBS team than be a star in the FCS. That's a Dumb reason. I hate that question. We've talked about that on the Logan Blackman show months back. That's the dumbest question I've ever seen. But Trey Lance is good. Now, North Dakota State has the best rushing attack in college football. They run a lot of power eye, and they run out of the spread. Trey Lance is very mobile as well. He did throw, this might be a little check mark on him, did throw his first interception of the season. Now, I was expecting him to go 0 for, for his entire career, but that's just what I was thinking. But two touchdowns, 149 yards, complete 50% of his passes, uh, rushed for 15 times for 143 yards, two touchdowns against Central Arkansas. Yeah, and unsurprisingly, he announced he's going to the draft. No way. With these kind of things, do we really need to post them? We should just post them if they announce like they're not going to the draft. Like, if Trey Lance wasn't going, that'd be more of a, wow, that's actually happening. Trey Lance commits to the NFL draft. He's going to the NFL draft. No one's really shocked by that. If you are, I'm, I'm sorry that you're shocked by that. It's not really that shocking of news. But Trey Lance is good. I like Trey Lance. 
I was really looking forward to watching Trey Lance at the Unidome this year. But obviously, no Missouri Valley Conference football for the fall. No fans. So it's been a really hard game anyways. But, man, this whole, I've, we've talked about this on the show before, how bad I feel for the UNI Panthers football team and how they were hurt the most by out of all the schools in Iowa for not having any fans. This home schedule for the UNI Panthers was stacked perfectly. All of their teams, all the tough teams they were playing this year were at home. All of them, minus Iowa, but they were at home. The Unidome would have packed. This is the best UNI Panthers team since the Eric Sanders years 15 years ago. For those of you who don't know, Eric Sanders is, I'm not even going to say arguably, he is the greatest quarterback in UNI Panther history. One of the, the greatest team in UNI Panthers history, arguably, back then. This team could rival that. Will was second in the nation in passing yards for freshmen until, well, he was first until Trey Lynch's last throw in the national championship game. The last throw he had beat Will McElvain. Everybody's returning. Now, if we had this normally, Spencer Brown would be there. Xavier Williams would be there. Ellerson Smith would be there. Three of the best players at UNI. Spencer Brown, I had a class with him um, second semester of last year. I had a public speaking class. That dude is going to, according to Matt Miller at Bleach Report, is an early second round draft pick. They had him going 36 to the Panthers. Good on you, Spencer. That dude's one of the nicest people I've ever talked to. Absolute monster, but he's an extremely nice guy. But this UNI team was set up. They got a running back from Kansas. Tyler Hoosman's going to be back and healthy, hopefully. Deion McShane's going to be back and healthy, hopefully. Isaiah Weston, one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in FBS, FCS, was going to be back. This team was going to be awesome. And now we get COVID season in spring. Now, they did release the spring schedule for you and I last half of the season, or less this last two games, South Dakota State, North Dakota State, back-to-back. Not ideal, especially with no fans. But, man, I was so excited for this year. But Trey Lance is not playing you and I this year, obviously, because he's going to the NFL. He's the guy that I said to one of my friends, Spencer, who we'll talk about later in the show as well, um, that I think the Bears should draft or will draft. Almost about to sharpie it in that they'll draft Trey Lance. I think the Jets or Giants will draft Trevor Lawrence. Sam Darnold has been rumored. This is now, I don't know how legit this rumor is, but I saw it on Instagram, so you know anything you can't you post on Instagram has to be factual had Sam Darnold getting traded from the New Jersey Jets to the Chicago Bears. Which gives Sam an offensive line and a, well, I would say competent coach, but is Matt Nagy a competent coach? More competent than Adam Gase, but again, that's like, again, racing against a two-year-old and beating them in a 100-yard dash. It's supposed to happen. Every coach is supposed to be more competent than Adam Gase. That is a rule. You cannot be a head coach in the NFL and be dumber than Adam Gase. I <laughs> Now there's the runny joke, obviously, of he made Peyton Manning. <laughs> Where would Peyton Manning be without Adam Gase? Peyton Manning would be nothing. Adam Gase made Peyton Manning. Like That was his big thing of he would coach with Peyton Manning. If you're a coach and you're saying, I coached Peyton Manning... That means you did nothing. <laughs> you didn't do anything. Peyton Manning is one of the smartest NFL players to ever play. He ain't letting Adam Gase call his plays. Peyton Manning is doing everything he can to get Adam Gase not calling these plays. So I just think that's funny. Having <laughs> that said, I, that's what's got him the coaching job in Miami. That's what kept him getting a job in New York. And, and also, the thing that got him the job with the Jets was that he could beat the Patriots. He did that once a year in Miami. That got him the job in New Jersey. And now he's going to stay for the rest of the season. I can't think of a team that has more infuriating coaches than the Jets having Adam Gase and <laughs> Craig Williams. If you watched that Broncos-Jets game last Thursday, good Lord, personal foul pennies out the ass. Good God. Typical Craig Williams defense, though. Man, 
just a t- he's going to be the interim head coach, and then the Jets will find some stupid plays, probably hire Freddie Kitchens because they hired Rich Kotite, so they might as well hire the 2020 version of Rich Kotite and Re- Freddie Kitchens and make Sam Darnold a seven-step drop quarterback. Man, the Jets. I don't even know why we're talking about the this show. I did not write a script for this show, so you can't be mad at me that this show has no structure today. I haven't done a show in over a month, and I'm just watching Thursday Night Football and just rambling. Okay? So hold your horses here. But if I'm making predictions right now, on October 8th, 2020, I'm going to say, for the top three quarterbacks, we're going to go Lawrence to the Jets, Fields to the Panthers, and Trey Lance to the Chicago Bears. That's what we're saying on October 8th, 2020. I love to... Oh, Nick Foles just got strip sacked, but it was recovered by the Bears. Man, Nick. That's my predictions. Lawrence to the Jets, Fields to the Panthers, and your boy Trey Lance from North Coast State to the Chicago Bears. Plays in the best conference in FCS. Undoubtedly. If you follow the FCS a little bit or know of the FCS, you know the Missouri Valley Conference is the best and toughest conference in college football. Trey Lance is a beast. I'm not saying he's Carson Wentz. He won't get drafted second overall, but he'll be there around the 15-20 range. He'll be there especially at the 10 range as well, which is Bears will probably be around pick 13 if I had to guess. Take a wild guess right now. 13 to 18 range, I would guess, for the Chicago Bears. That's a fair range. I... I would expect them to finish third in their division, which I had in my prediction. I'm not just saying that because I had in my predictions. I would fully expect the Vikings to right the ship at some point. They're young in the secondary. Their team, it, they bounced back last year. They had a wretched start to last year as well, if you remember that. They'll turn it around. They'll turn around. Let's Speaking of the Vikings, let's just go over some of the scores or some of the games that are going to be taking place this weekend. This Sunday, October 11th edition of the NFL Football. Make some predictions for this show as well. So as we said, Buccaneers-Bears is going on right now. Third 24, we have a penalty on the Bears. And it is a false start. Beautiful for the Bears. Uh, Now we have a nice third and 29 from the Chicago Bears. Now we are much farther. (laughs) Ryan Null. What is that? I'm confused on what is going on with the Bears right now. Third and 29, out of field goal range now. See what they do. But, yeah, that game's going on right now. We have 11.25 left in the fourth quarter. See what the Bears draw up here. But then on Sunday, Panthers-Falcons. We have a minus two favorite of the Falcons who are 0-4. They have to win at some point, right? They have to. Playing the Panthers, who are not that good of a team, but did beat the Chargers and the Cardinals. Mike Davis has looked pretty decent playing for the Carolina Panthers this year. Was on the Chicago Bears, if you remember last year, when they tried to do that weird three-back set and not give the hot hand to anybody. Now David Montgomery's the de facto number one unquestioned guy because of Tariq Cohen's ACL injury. Falcons-Panthers will be fun. I'm going to give the Falcons a win. They deserve a win. They got to to win, right? They got to win eventually. Panthers aren't that great. They got to get a win eventually. Raiders-Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs. I don't think there's a lot of... Yeah, don't really need to sleep too hard on that one, do we? Raiders-Chiefs. Chiefs Chiefs 12.5-point favorites. Uh, They'll beat the Raiders. I don't think there's too much worry about that. Uh, Cardinals-Jets. Arizona 7-point favorite. Give that to the Cardinals-Jets. Dan Orlovsky, if you remember, was one of the quarterbacks responsible for the Lions' 0-16 season, the first 0-16 season in NFL history. Said the Jet that Lions team would beat the Jets 16 times. The Jets team's atrocious. And that reminds me, I haven't talked about this in a while. We've got to scroll up here on my camera roll real quick. I took this screenshot. If you remember, we did a segment called Stay Woke Wednesday. And I don't know if this featured on this show or not. But goodness gracious, it's one of the best predictions I've ever seen. This was on September 2nd. So no, I did not do a show on this. Because it was the day after my last show. But the New York Jets, this is PT Insider. This is the dumbest take I've ever read in my entire life. This isn't like DSD NFL where they're just trolling. Which we eventually figured out 
like four weeks after we started talking about that page. At least I hope that maybe for their sake, I hope this is like trolling. Jets season predictions: twelve and five, eleven and five. PT Insider first in the AFC East. People like Colin Coward. I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know what these people saw in the Jets. Like we've talked about this at probably we've talked about this at nauseum on this show. Yes, the Jets finished seven and nine. Their last half of the season was the easiest schedule in the NFL. That's just me just, just saying that because, like, oh, man, their schedule is so easy. Like, you go, like, oh, man, your schedule is so easy. Strength of schedule-wise and win percentage-wise, it was the easiest schedule the last half of the season. The Browns were second. Because I remember us talking about the Browns last year or whenever that season was. Last year, yeah. When I was on 94.5 KLT, that the Browns should, could right the ship. Which they ended up not. The Jets had the easiest schedule. I remember watching a game and seeing that graphic pop up, and no one talks about it. But you know why? It doesn't fit their narrative. That's exactly why. I and my original video that I made for my NFL season predictions, I had the Jets going three and thirteen. I changed it to four and twelve because I thought that was too mean for the New York Jets this season. They might not even win. Three games this year, let alone four. They're the worst. I might have to switch their record with the Jaguars. They're the Jags going like two and fourteen. I don't even think the Jets could get that. Good lord, those, those people that are doing the Jets winning the AFC East are the same people that said Josh Allen can't play before he played a snap in the NFL and crowned Sam Darnold the next John Elway. It can't miss prospect. It's ridiculous. I know the Jets being terrible is not all Sam Darnold's fault, but he's not at, uh, what do you call it? He's not uh, innocent, if that doesn't make sense, but whatever. He's responsible for some of this as well. He almost, he was on pace to break Peyton Manning's interception record his rookie year, and then he got a phantom foot injury. like He got a shoulder injury this year, so now we got to watch Joe Flacco this week against the Arizona Cardinals. But let's go back to this PT Insider. Here was their reasoning. This is another hit-or-miss team. And has been for years, but for a few reasons, I'm buying in to this team being the next breakout team. This past offseason, they really attacked free agency and the draft with a solid and clear strategy. They got Brashad Perriman in the in the in free agency. Um, they got Frank Gore in free agency. They got um, they lost Robbie Anderson, who's the number one receiver. Um, who else they get? Sorry if my mind's blanking, because I think that's all they did in the draft. They drafted Becton and Denzel Mims, who I had in my first round of my draft, but even after the draft, even talking about this pre-draft, I said might slip because of the fact he's a Baylor wide receiver. And you know what Baylor wide receivers get this reputation of? They don't have a well-defined route tree. They run straight lines. Every Baylor wide receiver you could point to that has been drafted recently, minus Josh Gordon, has been that receiver. Just a straight line guy. Nothing more, nothing less. Questionable hands. That's typically what they always are. So he fell to the second round. Now, Jameson Crowder is a pretty decent wide receiver, but you had him before. They just did not go in there with a clear strategy. They fired their GM right after the draft. <laughs> like, they didn't have a defined, clear strategy. They fired him the day after the draft. Oh, God. Get Donald some solid wide receivers and Donald some protection. They did both. Solid is not the term I use for Brashad Perriman. There's a reason he's been on like six NFL teams. He's been in the league for, what, how many years? Six, five, six years? They get a locker room cancer out, albeit he was good. By, by that, I probably, I'm assuming they mean Jamal Adams. You know, probably the best safety in the NFL. Maybe. He was good. Yeah, that's how I would call him too. And now seemingly this defense is closer than ever. They also seem to be holding themselves to a higher standard. You have, you have Greg Williams on your defense. There's no such thing as holding yourself to a higher standard when Greg Williams is your defensive coordinator and then we've already talked about him, but Adam Gase is your head coach. Those two things, those words don't link. Higher standard, Greg Williams and Adam Gase do not coexist together. Those are words that have nothing to do with one another. And then C.J. Mosley opted out. 
What was their other option on defense that made this? Not, maybe I'm getting trolled again. But I looked through all of his re- like, and you may see this as the same old Jets because they are. But I see a new Jets, and I'm here for whoever bought the Jets stock was. I don't know. I'm not gonna go into the Jets, even though we just did. The Jets are atrocious. If anybody said that they were actually gonna be good this year, I'm sorry. People that get paid to do this. I do this for freaking free. People get paid to say the Jets are going to be a good team and finish. If they don't finish 500, I'll be disappointed. If they win three games, I'll be proud of them this year. That's a win as far as the Jets are concerned for this season. I mean, not for the like the fans, because at this point with the 0-4 Jets, you're wanting to be as bad as possible to get like a good player. You could either go the Trevor Lawrence route, trade Sam, which again, it's not all Sam Donald's fault. I need to stress that. I have no beef with Sam Donald. I have beef with Jets fans that overrate Sam Donald to the nth degree, and it is ridiculous. Or you can draft Penny Sewell from Oregon. Both are logical picks for this team. Jets O-line's still bad, but Sam Donald's not that good. I think we've all needed to accept this at this point which we've talked about throughout the summer. And my, well, we're, uh, no, we'll talk about that a little later, but Cardinals will, will win that game. Eagles-Steelers, the battle for Philadelphia, for battle for Pennsylvania. Philadelphia's not the state, that's where the Eagles are. Steelers are a seven-point favorite. Uh, yeah, Steelers will win. Rams football team, uh, Dwayne Haskins got benched, so he's not the answer. So do they go after a quarterback? Do they go after a guy like Justin Fields or Trey Lance? One and three beat the Eagles week one. I mean, not terribly surprising. They, did, they the Eagles like I don't know. We're not gonna talk about the <laughs> uh, the Rams. They'll beat the they'll beat the football team. Kyle Allen starting. Dwayne Haskins not even the backup. He's third string. Alex Smith is the backup to Kyle Allen, which we've already talked about. Kyle Allen and Logan Blackman show last year, so you can go back on the SoundCloud and listen to that. Bengals Ravens Ravens not gonna talk about that one. There's not even a line for that game. Uh, Texans, Jags, Texans should win that. They're 0 4. Should he's should win that game? Uh, Dolphins, Niners, Niners should win that game. C.J. Beathard, who's starting that game? I guess I haven't heard. Jimmy G was listed questionable last time I saw. I don't know if he's starting or not. But go with C.J. Uh, Colts, Browns, uh, Colts. Uh, wait, that should be an even, actually fun game. It's pretty even. It's even on the line according to ESPN. Um. Let's go Browns. Let's just have some fun. Go Browns. Uh, Giants, Cowboys. Cowboys should win. If there's if the Cowboys lose this game, good Lord. And then Sunday night football, Seahawks, Vikings. Primetime Kirk. I think that's all I need to say. Seahawks win that one. Uh, Monday night football, we got the Chargers, Saints. Saints should win that game. Again, I'm not talking about the lines. I'm just saying who should win this game. I'm not talking about covering here. Uh, Broncos, Patriots. Depending on who starts for the Patriots, if it's Stidham, Broncos, which is something crazy I thought I'd never say because Stephon Gilmore is also out as well. It's Cam Newton, Patriots, which is weird to say, but probably will happen. Uh, and then Tuesday, Bills, Titans. This was my first, when I was doing my season predictions, this was my first loss for the Bills with the Titans. Uh, Derrick Henry versus the Bills' deep rush defense. Which, for those of you who don't know, the Bills' rush defense is pretty much non-existent at this point in time. They're athletic, but what they gain in athleticism, they lose in size. And that's where running backs eat them alive. Cam Akers ate them alive. Derrick Henry will rush for probably 150 yards against the Buffalo Bills. But Josh Allen, I've, I made this prediction on June 29th, I believe. And I said, I'm going to place a $10 bet on Josh Allen winning the MVP. Here's a couple things. So I downloaded the William Hill app. I downloaded it while I was saying that on the Logan Blackman show. The problem is I never made the bet because I found this out, which I was not aware of when I said this. I found out later that you need to actually go to the casino to make an account to place your bets on the William Hill app or whatever app you have for sports gambling or just gambling in general, whatever you want to call it. I was too lazy to go to (laughs) the casino to go do that. So I never actually placed the $10 bet on Josh Allen. And now that it looks like it 
it is actually reasonable it is reason it, it can happen <laughs> i can't say that any like more uh straightforward it could actually happen comparing josh allen's numbers to Patrick mahomes numbers when he won the mvp josh allen's numbers are actually better than Patrick mahomes yards completion percentage yards per attempt all in josh allen's favor they're equal on 15 touchdowns josh shouldn't even have an interception he should have one more touchdown because the game against the Rams, that was an interception. And John Brown had a catch passing catch against the Raiders this past Sunday. Go look it up. If you go look up John Brown versus the Raiders, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. But yeah, Josh Allen actually could win an MVP this year. Do I think he will? Uh no, I think Russell Wilson will get it this year. I said Patrick Mahomes in my preseason predictions, but Russell Wilson will probably get it. He's on an elite tear right now same with josh but russell's never even received an mvp vote before so i think he'll get that and then some this year and i got my box of uh josh's jacks the buffalo bills josh allen cereal if you remember back in the day you had kelly crunch you had flutie flakes you had the bills on the wheaties box and now you got josh's jacks which is just red blue fruit loops pretty much but i'm not eating it i will never open that box and it has been tempting to say the least i have it on my dresser Right behind my Billy Buffalo bobblehead. But I will not eat it. The thing is going to stay in that box forever. My dad has a Coke bottle, a glass bottle from like 95 after a Jeff Gordon series win in the Winston Cup that has yet to be opened. It is old and dusty. That's what that Josh's Jacks is going to be. The only time I might eat it is if the Bills win the Super Bowl, which I'll pour that with mixed with Labatt Blue in there Tuesday night football is gonna be weird though and then the Bills go next Sunday and play the Chiefs so you know what short rest to play the best team in the NFL awesome fantastic but before we end the show we've got about uh, probably safely around nine minutes left at least that's what I'm hoping for today we gotta talk some of college football okay we are we talked a lot about NFL here talk about the NFL draft what could go on there but we got to talk some college football because college football, we're in the state of Iowa where college football is king. I don't think there's anybody that could really disagree with that. Whether you like the NFL more than college football, college football is king in the state of Iowa. The Iowa Hawkeyes and Iowa State Cyclones run this state. Sorry, Panthers fans, but it's true. Those two schools run it. Iowa State coming off a massive win against Oklahoma, plays Texas Tech this week. Alan Bowman, the talented quarterback for Texas Tech, is playing in this game, did get hurt last week against Kansas State. Chris Kleiman, Waterloo native, former North Dakota State head coach, now Kansas State, has beaten Oklahoma twice in his two attempts at playing them. Good job, Chris. It's impressive. But Iowa State plays Texas Tech this week. Iowa State, 12.5 point favorite over the Red Raiders. Raiders. The red ones, though. Iowa State will probably win. I don't know by 12 and a half, but they should win the game. Brees Hall is arguably... No, I think you can say that. I think you can honestly say this. This year, I think Brees Hall might be the best running back in college football. There, I said it. I think he might be. I think he's passed this year anyways. Past Chubba Hubbard for the best running back in the Big 12. This debate with between Brees Hall and Chubba Hubbard being the best is kind of the same as... Ellinger versus Purdy for the next best quarterback in the Big 12. Who's better, Ellinger or Purdy? Who's better, Chubba Hubbard or Brees Hall? Which is a testament to Iowa State. If you would have said this a few years ago, when they're going 3-9 and nine every year with Austin Arnott as their quarterback, where the jokes were Iowa State can't get fans, there's literally a clip of Todd Blythe playing for the Barnstormers, Iowa State legend Todd Blythe, and Chris Hassel says, Ah, oh, Todd Blythe scored a touchdown. Must be weird because he's never played in front of this many fans. Those of you who don't know, Wells Fargo Arena holds around, what, 16,000, 12,000, somewhere around there? And those things ain't never sold out in Barnstormers games. I used to have season tickets. Those things weren't sold out, especially during the Todd Blythe era because that team was not very good, to say the least, for that Barnstormers team. But Iowa State, Matt Campbell's an absolute godsend to this university. Good Lord. Stadium's awesome. The renovated stadium. I was there the first game they had the renovated stadium against UNI 2015. It's crazy to think that was five years ago, but man, Iowa State's good. I mean, they had that weird 
early season blip against Louisiana. A good Louisiana team. It's not like they were some scrub team. They're a good team. And a lot of Big 12 teams struggled week one. You saw Kansas lose to Coastal Carolina. You saw Kansas State, Chris Kleiman and Bradley Moore lose to Arkansas State. You saw Texas Tech struggle against Houston Baptist. And then almost beat Texas. <laughs> Which was weird. But it happened. And then you had Iowa State losing to Louisiana. So weird week one for Big 12 teams. Really weird week one. But Iowa State's good. Minus the week one blip, they seem to have turned it around at least a little bit. They're not perfect. Wide receivers aren't amazing this year. But Purdy, I would expect him to turn it around at some point. Brees Hall is just legit. He's amazing. Other top 25 games, Florida versus Texas A&M. Florida's good. They should handle Texas A&M this week. I would imagine they handle Texas A&M. I would probably say at this point in time, Kyle Trask is the number four quarterback for next year's draft. If I had to guess. With the way he's playing right now, that dude's on a tear. Tore up Ole Miss week one. That Ole Miss game was awesome because he had just offense. Florida's defense is not amazing, but it's good. Good enough to hold back a high-powered, not high-powered in air quotes, Ole Miss-style offense. They're a fast team, Ole Miss. Uh, UNC versus Virginia Tech, I really like UNC. We've talked about them ad nauseum on the Logan Blackman Show. They're ranked 8th in the nation. Love Sam Howell on this show. Uh, they play Va Tech, top 20, another top 25 match that they should win. Missouri, LSU, LSU will win. They had a early season blip against Mississippi State. I'm just going to blame down on the fact that they lost 14 players to the NFL. And Derek Stingley was out the best cornerback in college football. So you're going to have a little rest to start the season with a whole new team. And they'll, but they'll handle Missouri. Missouri sucks. Texas, Oklahoma, uh, Texas just lost to TCU in a very weird fashion. Does Oklahoma bounce back from a loss to Iowa State and beat Texas? How many times have we seen Oklahoma being one in three? Has that been a thing? I, I, I don't really, but at least not in my lifetime. Yeah, a great coach like Bob Stoops being there where they were winning natties. They. I think we were one in three. Do I think they can beat Texas? Yeah, I think they can beat Texas. Uh, then we got UTSA against BYU. BYU's got another good quarterback. Just talking about Kyle Trask. A lot of people are kind of getting on the hype train of BYU's quarterback, Zach Wilson, who is 60 for 71 this year, has 949 yards, six touchdowns, and only one pick on the season. He's look, he looks like a modern-day Jim McMahon. That's what I think he's wanting to be. Which is not a terrible thing to be. Jim McMahon is one of the most popular quarterbacks in Chicago Bears history. He probably is. Not passing yards wise, but to a lot of Bears fans, he's the best quarterback they've ever seen. Which is sad. Jay Cutler statistically is the best quarterback in Bears history, but Jim McMahon probably has the hearts and souls of Bears fans. Zach Wilson, like Jim McMahon before him, BYU guy, wears a headband, he just wants he just wants to be another nice little Jim McMahon. Which again is not a bad thing. I love Jim McMahon. I think everybody, even non-Bears fan, my dad's favorite player on those Bears teams was Jim McMahon. They had Walter Payton and the fridge. I was not to like about that <laughs> about that team. They were awesome, but BYU should is against UTSA. I don't think they're really gonna struggle. Against UTSA. They're 34 and a half point favorites. I mean, do I think they'll win by 34 and a half? Probably not. But you know what? It'll be fun. It'll be a fun game. We're already talking about Texas Tech, Iowa State. Arkansas, Auburn. Uh, Auburn will win. Clemson, Miami. This is the game I am so excited for this weekend. This is my favorite game. Any level of sport, this is my game that I will sit down and watch every second of it. Miami versus Clemson. Miami is awesome. Derek King looks like the Derek King of two years ago. Not the one that opted out at Houston last year to say I'm not transferring and then transfer to Miami. <laughs> I love Derek King. He could be a sneaky option for the number five quarterback in this draft class. Now, I know Zach Wilson's going to get a lot of love from BYU, Jim McMahon 2.0, but Derek King is the style of quarterback that NFL teams are building around now. You look at Kyler Murray. Now, he's not as talented of a thrower as Kyler Murray. But same similar build, very mobile. He might see a similar fate to that of Jalen Hurts, being a backup or maybe option to switch positions. But 
second round pick, third round pick for Derek King. Give me a sneaky number five option for a team that wants a little more mobile quarterback and a little more options. A good little wildcat like the Eagles have been doing Jalen Hurts, do a little wildcat. I don't know what kind of offense he'd fit in. He'd be fit for the Ravens offense. But you can see that about any mobile quarterback ever for the Ravens. Uh, but that game's going to be awesome. Clemson's a 14-point favorite. Awesome by the fact that I hope Miami can hang with them. It's Clemson. Like You beat Florida State. Awesome. But good luck against Clemson. I hope you do well because I really like Miami. I love the U, but I don't think you'll beat Clemson. Alabama Ole Miss. Ole Miss looks fun. They're fun to watch, but it's Alabama. Mac Jones absolutely balled out last week. 400-plus passing yards. He's... He looks good. He looks really good. We said he didn't. We talked about the quarterback controversy between him and Bryce Young going into the season, but said that Bryce Young, though some people are saying he is the best quarterback since Kyler Murray or compares that to Kyler Murray, Mac Jones didn't do anything to lose the starting job last year. We said this about a thousand times talking about this quarterback controversy, which was announced like a week before the first game, and Mac Jones looks legit. Bryce Young, probably redshirt after the first four games, and then, boom, wait till next year, or the year after, wherever. And then the final game for top 25 teams, Florida State versus Notre Dame. Florida State's terrible. Uh, Notre Dame wins this game, I don't think, with uh, too much of a problem, one would suspect. And we also got a game going on in college football, Houston versus Tulane. Houston's up 49-31. J.P. Lossman's alma mater, Tulane, losing with 4.30 left. Uh, yeah, it looks like a Houston win. Tomorrow night, we got Louisville at Georgia Tech. Should be a fun one. Louisville's a five-point favorite. That game will kick off tomorrow night at 6 on ESPN. Other games outside the top 25, you might care about. Texas State's playing Troy. My Texas State Bobcats. You know, there's a backstory with there, but I'm not going to get into that now because we're running short on time for this show. Uh, TCU-Kansas State could be a fun game this week. Max Duggan, the Iowan, versus Chris Kleiman, the Iowan. And Briley Moore, former UNI Panther. That could be a really fun game to watch. Uh, Boston College-Pittsburgh could be a fun one. Could be. Uh, what other games we got on here? Kentucky-Mississippi State could be fun. Be a very nice game. Kentucky's a favorite in that one. And, yeah, be fun. It will be fun. I am excited. Uh, but before we close out today's show, again, nice little surprise show today. Didn't really think I was doing this until about an hour ago. I just decided, hey, let's do a show today. But we have an announcement. Uh, Spencer Feinberg, who we have talked about on the show before, is a, he's one of my closest friends. He's a big-time Bears fan. Uh, we are starting a podcast together. Now, the plan is, at least on my side, we need to talk about this a little bit more. Spencer joins the Logan Blackman Show as a second host. Keep the name Logan Blackman Show for a little bit. If we need to change it, we'll change it. Spencer is if you're if you're like oh no Logan please don't change change the pro- Logan you're the best radio show podcast show whatever host in the world you can't add people to that but it'd be fun because Spencer and I go on random rants all the time so it's like what you hear now but with another person Spencer Spencer and I have the uh chemistry where it'd be like. I don't know, we'll be talking about anything and just go on like a 30-minute tangent on something. We talked on our Instagram DMs, we have talked about why Trent Dilfer is the greatest quarterback of all time. Had like a half-hour DM conversation about that. And then he brings up one of my favorite rappers, Joey Badass, and I said, yeah, of course, he's the Joey, he's the Trent Dilfer of rap. So it's just like random stuff like that. He's a big Bears fan, big Bulls fan, big Cubs fan. We'll talk a lot of Cubs, like a lot of Bulls on here, talk a lot of football, loves football. We're in the fantasy football league together, two of them, in fact. It's funny, we talked about this the other night. He's the highest scoring team in one of them, and then the worst team in the next, with the lowest scoring team as well. But yeah, uh, I think that'll be very fun. Uh, Spencer's a hilarious guy. He's helped film the Logan Blackman Show videos before he filmed the quarterback uh, throw-off thing that we did. A few, oh jeez, was that a month ago? A few months ago? Where I tried to throw 50, oh jeez, that was a few months ago. That was during the summer. We're in October. We're in October. But yeah, Spencer will be joining the show. I don't know when our first show together will be. Hopefully it's in the near future. Spencer and I will need to talk about this a little bit more. But we're going to have a new member of the Logan Blackman Show. It's an exciting time. And yeah, that's all I've got for you today on this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I hope this was a surprise to you because it was a surprise to me. I didn't know I was recording this until, again, an hour ago. 
So, yeah. Haven't done this in a while, so we'll have to, I don't know how to sign off anymore. But I hope you all have a great day. And remember to follow The Logan Blackman Show on all forms of social media. And make sure to follow the podcast on SoundCloud, or not SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, however you want to listen to the show. And I will see you all sometime soon. Don't know winks. Again, I haven't recorded a podcast since September 1st. So hopefully sometime soon. Time will tell. But that's all I've got for you today. I will see you later. Peace.